Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Just to let you know, we've interviewed over 600 advisors, authors, and thought leaders, and you can find all of their interviews that have been archived and indexed into 35 different topic file folders at ExitCoachRadio.com. It's called our audio library, and you can go deep on any subject you like. We hope you will. Also, you can get our app from your smartphone by putting in ecrmobile.com, and our app will pop up, and you can listen from your smartphone on the go. My next guest is uh, someone I've met who um, I'm very pleased to have on the show. Every so often, you meet some people who just show you that they care. They really show you that they care, and, and it's a delight to have Steve Cade on the show from Cade Business Services. And uh, Steve gets involved with business crisis intervention by taking over key operations of companies so as to prevent a fire sale or disruption in the flow of business. And their goal is to really increase the sale proceeds of a company by 20 to 30 percent in six to 18 months and give the spouse or remaining owner the full asset value. And they also try to increase cash payment portions of the sale of a company. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Bill. It's great. <clears throat> Steve, it's it's real pleasure to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you started Cade Business Services and and then how you came up with this this purpose-driven strategy of helping business owners in distress. Over the last 34 years, I've uh, started, operated, sold uh, multiple profitable companies and organizations. I'm I'm really focused on budgets and strategic planning and excel at creating strong operating teams. Part of my passion is I, I really enjoy helping companies grow and improving value. I focus on mentoring owners and executives, and I've spent a great deal of my career helping various entrepreneurs grow their ideas and organizations. Presently, today, I, I own part or all of four companies. We're in the lighting distribution business, food ingredient business, international sourcing, and most recently, we've started our business services company. I find that my background of actually owning and operating companies enables me to relate to the business owner, the shareholders, and in some cases, the spouses. As a business owner, not as a consultant, but actually as the owner, I, I can often see characteristics that are present or lacking, but vital to a bu building a company going forward. In addition to the for-profit companies, four years ago, my wife and I launched a non-profit parent-to-parent support program, which provides education and action-based methods for parents struggling with teenagers and adult children who exhibit behavior problems, problems including lack of respect, lack of responsibility, lack of accountability. We help each other deal with problems related to drug use and academic issues. Um, the program is free, and it's uh, it's operated by a team of 20 parent volunteers. We're, we're business owners, school teachers, doctors, attorneys. We've had the fortune to, to help over 635 parents um, as they've gone through the program the past four years. And finally, I guess I would say I'm a graduate of UCLA. I'm a Bruin at heart. I've been married uh, 35 years. I have 
three grown children, three grandchildren, one on the way this week. And finally, I guess I would say I like to swim. So throw that in there. All right. Well, uh, great background. Thank you very much for that. It's interesting that you have such a penchant to help. Let's talk about the business side of things because you have your your hands in many diverse types of businesses. And when let me ask you a question because I hear this from a lot of people. When you when you pop the hood on these different types of businesses, like you mentioned, lighting and food and business services, et cetera, uh, do they all kind of look the same when you're looking at them? No. No, they don't. They don't look the same. And, uh, you know, as part of running companies over it's almost 35 years now, you know, it, it just every, – every company is – there's differences in there, nuances. There's things that have been able to differentiate companies so that the owners have been successful in what they've done. And sometimes you can't see those things so readily, but they're there, and and you have to value those things. And then, uh, you know, also looking for ways of expanding and getting multiples on that. Okay, so industries are different, uh, cultures are different, traditions are different within uh, how you operate. So what do you find are the biggest problem areas when you come into a business that's recently gone through an upset in ownership or experienced the death of a partner or owner? First, I'll tell you that for many years, my wife, is, she asked me, she said, okay, so we have you know, a wealth manager, we have a, an estate attorney, a CPA, we've got a bank, but you've got all these businesses or even one business, and who should I call? Who should I contact if something happened to you? Who can protect you know, the surviving owner? Uh, the shareholders and the spouses. And so it, it caused me to look at this in, in a way that looking at succession and exit planning is, is an area that you focus in on personally. And there's some interesting statistics that I think the, the listeners might like to hear. In companies under $50 million in revenue, only 17% have a written succession plan. And what I find of that 17%, a, a very small percentage of that actually have a fully funded succession plan. In other words, that the surviving owners, shareholders, that there's a, there's a succession plan that will fund the full exit of that company to you know, the, the assets or the wealth to those, those owners. Another fact is 90% of private companies, including those with CPAs, have inaccurate financial statement. Makes a big difference when you go to sell a company. Over 30% of private companies under $100 million revenue are found to have someone in the organization committing fraud. Normally, this is a pretty high-ranking person. And then when a, when a business owner dies, typically a spouse will notify their trusted advisor, their attorney. Maybe it's their life insurance company. Maybe it's their uh, bank. And they'll say, you know, I... I don't know anything about this business. The business scares me. I, I want to sell the company, and, and you got to help me because I want to get out of this as quickly as possible. And it, it's at a time that they're very traumatized. And what, what we find is that in most cases that results in some kind of fire sale. And the surviving spouse often receives far less money, and the payment terms that the, the surviving spouse receives is usually much lower than if there was an orderly exit of that business. So I, I, that's the area that we kind of step in. I, I built businesses around my ability to come in and operate a company and protect the spouse from getting what I would say a bad deal. Ultimately, goal the goal is to stabilize and create an action plan that will deliver a company that has higher value and be, you know, could be it could be a company that would operate, go on operating, and the spouse would be an absentee owner, or it could be a sale, but better benefit to the, to the uh, surviving spouse. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot, of course, there's always a lot of questions that come up. And based on the, the planning that the owner's done prior to anything happening, things could be very different from one situation to the next. But what typically occurs with the company and spouse when a business owner suddenly dies? What normally happens is, as I said, that the spouse or the, the, the surviving shareholder will say that they want to sell the company. And uh, right. it's often you know, just not the best financial solution. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to tell the owner initially, you know, to hold back and wait, to be patient. But you kind of relate it to like a stock market situation where if the stock market crashes and someone that's not a, you know, a seasoned investor, you know, has a sense of let's, let's sell out, let's get out of the market. And I, I think that, you know, it, Financial professionals will encourage people to not make such a sudden change, and it's the same with companies. It's it's such a big asset, and the idea to to quickly make a change is not always the best thing. And so the alternative is is to stabilize the company, get keep it running, and then make an orderly exit if that's what the spouse would like to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and obviously depending on the size of the company and how it's run. The owner may be uh, what the company is all about. We see a lot of companies that the owner, it's the owner's reputation that was built into there. So a lot of damage control needs to be done quickly. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's why a lot of spouses just say, I don't know the business, but I, I know that this is probably going to impact the value very quickly. What, uh, in a typical situation that you see out there, what are some of the initial steps that need to be taken right away when a spouse is saying, uh, my husband or wife died and yeah. I don't know what to do? Yeah, there's there's two really essential issues that need to be dealt with right away. The first time, the first thing is it's at a point of change. So, you know, especially if a company's been run by the same leader for some period of time, there's a void of that leadership, and you have to fill that void as fast as you can. You end up with, you know, the employees lose their focus, their the morale drops, confidence drops, motivation drops, employee drive drops. Uh, you can have conflict with managers in the company. There's just a huge risk to the surviving owner if the company starts to decline. And so this is the time also when we talked earlier about fraud or damage to the company from, ex- let's say, existing customers having issues with those. So those are the things that you, you have to first face that. You, need to, you feel, need to fill that leadership vacuum. And then the second thing is is that most companies have been operating the same way for a number of years and this is an it's an opportunity where you can come in a new leader can come in and can find areas to improve performance and uh a lot of times there's some parts of the company that are non-performing and you can look at ways of uh, straightening those things out you know really fine-tuning the company and that can make a really big difference good points so understanding uh and having the perspective that there could be negative things happening and and again damage control watching making sure that you're watching what's going on with money so that fraud doesn't occur with customers so that relationships don't evaporate and keeping the competitors at bay and then also uh looking for someone to come in that that can look for opportunities because a lot of times there are opportunities available a lot there of businesses are. are run in situations that's right that's right you so, can turn a tough situation yeah. into a good situation yeah yeah it i mean it's it's sad, but it, it's it's true. Sometimes there's a lot of businesses out there that are kind of run in an inefficient manner, where new management could come in, and that's why a lot of businesses 
are purchased because the new owner sees opportunities that the old owner either wasn't taking advantage of or didn't see in the first place, right? That's correct. You got it. So let me ask you a question. Why would a, a company grow in value if you and your team are contracted versus simply selling to someone, in, let's say, inside the company or to an industry competitor? Okay. Well, so I would say close to all, maybe we'll say 95% of companies in crisis situations don't have in place most of these falling. I'm going to give you kind of three three points. The one is a successor with the financial resources to pay the survivor uh, the market value and the market terms. That they just there are people that someone says, you know, th- this person or we have this we have a succession plan and this you know, it's like my son is going to become the president or something. But they just don't have the resources to pay the shareholders. The second one is uh, related a lot to uh, family members where a successor who that is trained, really trained and capable of running a company and expiring the growth of the company going forward. So you, let's say you have a patriarch that's been running the company is viewed as, you know, for 20 years or 30 years has been viewed as this leader and they have a, you know, a child that's there and the assumption is the 30 year old is going to st- jump in there and is just going to be able to take it on and run with it. And a lot of times that's just that person's not trained really for that position. And then the third point is uh, accurate and understand the financials, which are the, that's really the first First thing, a, a buyer like uh, acquisition, what's private equity or a strategic buyer, they look at it. They look at the financials and they look at them with a fine tooth comb. And so those things need to be straightened out. And that's where, when I step in, we provide immediate leadership. We create accountability and we focus on results. Uh, it's not to say that the company may have poor leadership. There, there may be if you have, if you have uh, structured leadership, the leadership may be good, and that makes the job a lot easier. But if not, we'll set into motion a new leadership. We'll we'll make sure we get the financials accurate. We'll create efficiencies that really guarantee the company is positioned for the best possible value at sale, and we'll manage the communication with the with the survivor to safeguard you know the survivor's best interests. We kind of focus in on preparing companies so that an M&A or merchants and acquisition, a sales agent can effectively maximize the value paid for the company and. As I said earlier, most importantly, not just the price, not the value, but, but the terms, so that we, we really take care of the surviving spouse. So in some ways, what you're looking for the maximum value, and a lot of business owners buy a business so that they have a, a lifestyle and a job, but what you're looking at is how are we going to create the most attractive business in a shorter period of time so that this thing, uh, the, the value is much higher than the typical financial buyer might pay. You're correct. Yeah. And, and you know, most business owners, if they were in that business of buying businesses, fixing them up and selling them, it's kind of like, not exactly like, but the idea of house flipping, if you will, mm-hmm. find an attractive asset that's already, that's fairly priced, but that you know you can, with a little bit of work and structuring it properly and finding the right types of buyers, you can magnify that price and, and – uh, it's a lot different than if you're looking at a business as, what's my salary going to be? What's my next 20 years going to look like? Exactly. Right? It's it's very similar to buying a fixer-upper house and, you know, painting it, put carpet in, you know, the basic things. You know, you, you don't need to put a new swimming pool in. But but there are some basic things. That, and when you know when you get that done, the market, there's a market price for that. The, the benefit is you're taking an experienced, calculated risk 
when your firm comes in and does it, it sounds like to me, versus the spouse who would be taking a huge risk if, for instance, um, she took a note for a long term with a lot of unknowns, uh, which a lot of business owners do. They sell for a note, and, of course, the first check cashes, the second one's late, and the third one may never come. So you're you're taking away that risk uh, and putting that risk on yourself as a in a calculated measure, and I really yeah, like that strategy. I do, and I, I Bill, I, I take a look at it. I look this way. I think about my wife, and and you know, and I, if I were, you know, I'm gone, but I'm thinking about the deal that she does. Do I really want her to carry a, a million dollar note or two million dollar note to somebody on a business? And you know, I just, I just don't want that to happen. I don't want her to be in that spot. And I, I treat other owners just like I treat my wife or my mother. And, uh, you just, you know, they just, it's just a risk that they don't need. You know, it, it really is something of the business owners out there that are listening, you know, you have that entrepreneurial mentality, you know, you're a risk taker or else you wouldn't be a business owner in the first place, but it's not right when you're, when your opportunities become someone else's nightmare. And that's that's really what we're talking about here. And, and Steve and I know situations like this, and we're, we've seen it happen. So he knows that of which you speak. Steve, tell us a little bit more about your your uh, nonprofit group that helps parents with troubled teenagers. You know, this is a, a situation. It's uh, we have three grown children. Our our son, when he was 15, kind of went off the tracks, and we had gone to all kinds of counselors and psychiatrists, psychologists, marriage counselors, the whole shot, and we found this program that really helped us to kind of lay out a family plan. And it really changed not just our parenting of this one child, but our other two children as well. And it, and, and it really carried as they became adults as well. And I use it in business. I use it everywhere. And uh, five years ago, my wife came to me and said, you know, why don't we start a program to help other parents that were kind of where we were, you know, 18 years ago and, and uh, pay it forward. And so, we started small, and you know, and it just as time went on, we've built up a team, and and uh, now there's a new location. Um, we're down in San Diego, but there's a new location just opening next week in San Clemente, and uh, it's an offshoot of our group. The leader, one of the leaders, the the person coordinating it, is came from our our main group, and the plan is over time to find more parents that would take do it kind of what my wife and I have done, or this this uh, this woman in San Clemente is doing, and to start more programs like this, but. It's an action-based program. We help parents kind of assess their situation, create a plan, and then we help them execute on that plan. And it has measurable results, and it's it just you feel blessed to be able to help people. And again, you know, in that program, there's lots of women that come that are single single moms. You know, they've been abused in different ways. You know, child, you know, abused from their kids. I would say mostly. And uh, I don't know, just have a passion to help people like that. They, they're like victims, and you're you know, trying to help them. And so it kind of parallels what I do in work, helping business owners and helping either prepare companies for sale or in these crisis situations, helping the surviving spouses with those uh, problems that they're facing. Yeah, you're a beacon of hope for a lot of people, and I really appreciate that. How do our listeners find out more about that program for the teenagers? And then we'll get back to your business website. Sure. Uh, there's a site. It's it's called Billy, and it's B-I-L-Y. It's Because I Love You. So it's one L. It's B-I-L-Y, uh, San Diego dot org. Billy, San Diego dot org. And uh, there's a program up in Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley. Um, there's the new one in San Clemente, and then we have a big program down in San, San Diego. Fantastic. Okay, and so 
for your for your business services, what's your website for that? Cadebusiness.com. It's pretty simple. And Cade is C-A-D-E. So Cade, C-A-D-E, business.com. Steve Cade from Cade Business Services. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Great information. Thank you for all the help that you provide for uh, for people out there in need. We really appreciate having you on the show. I'd love to have you back some other time and talk more about some of these topics. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Bill, very, very much. I really appreciate what you do. Thank you. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. You're listening to one of many shows on ExitCoachRadio.com. We're interviewing advisors, authors, and thought leaders for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. If you'd like to be a guest on any of our shows, go to guest.exitcoachradio.com. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. 